Hello, everyone. I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm, and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone, or, or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table, uh, not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the, and the lower bracket, um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh. Some might even make you cry. Some might make you angry as shit with the things I say or the things other people who are on here are saying. But at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone doing? It's storm and it has been what probably feels to some of you like 10 years since you last heard me. I do apologize for that. Uh, someone reached out to me recently in regard to me doing podcast episodes or that they used to listen to me when I used to do podcast episodes. And when she said used to, I was like, oh no, they think I'm done not done. Um, Just life happens and took some breaks, but definitely the furthest thing from done. Um, I would like to say this podcast is going to be around for a long time. Um, But, you know, I don't know if it is, but I know at least as long as I have interest in doing it, it will be. And I'm sorry if you hear me shuffling around. I literally woke up two minutes And I wanted to give y'all some life, as I call it, before I start my work day. So today's podcast is going to focus on a question I get the most when I do website for girls. Do I have any advice on what should be on the etiquette section? And the most common etiquette topics you should be clear about. I also want to talk about... Um, Getting rid of the mental health stigma and stereotype in sex work and how my retirement kind of helped, kind of not helped, but caused my mental health issues to come to the surface. Um, They weren't all caused by that. There are some things going on in my family that caused me to finally snap also, Um, but We'll get into that because I want y'all to think I'm saying that sex work was a bad thing. Actually, it was the opposite for me. Um, Leaving it kind of, I guess, 
made me feel sad and kind of took away a part of an identity I had been used to for so long. So for me, it was quite the opposite. The sex work itself didn't cause the mental illness, the leaving it did, but we'll get into that. And we're going to discuss, because, you know, I love my trans friends, um, the great Sylvester, and I'm going to pull Sylvester, the singer, up now. Some of you younger ones might not have any idea who that is, but you're going to learn today. So I like to always start my, my podcast when I, you know, remember to with a song that is sex work positive. So we're going to start this podcast today with Bad Girls by Donna Summer. I do not own the rights to this music. This music can be found on Spotify, but we're just going to groove out to a few minutes of it. Let's go. know it. I used to love this song when I was a little girl. I guess I was destined to be where I ended up. I've always felt like this is a be proud of what the fuck we are and what the fuck we did song. Because she explains that they know different than he is. Like everybody else. They want to be a star. Yes. And I love further in the song when she breaks it down. She talks about the no different than you and me. Well, not me, because even though I've been retired now, going on four years this August, I'm still one of y'all, because uh, you don't do something for 20 years and it not become burned in your soul. Here we go. We're just going to let this part play and we're going to come on out of it. 
So I think that break right there is a good place to stop it. Um, I do have to work my other job today, so I want to move on to the topics at hand. So <clears throat> um, basically, questions for etiquette that I get asked the most about. Let's get into those. Um, the hygiene one's a good one. It said we have to put that one when we're talking about adults. Um, we shouldn't have to do that, but we do, and I get it. I, I, I totally get it, and it happens. It's sad that it happens, but it happens. Um, when I do websites for people, um, even if they've got all their other copy, the most frequently asked thing I'm asked to write the copy for is the etiquette page. Because it's not just what you say, I'm sure, as you were taught as a kid. It's how you say it. So, for instance, um, you know, you don't want to say, if you come to my um, location smelling like death or smelling bad, you'll be asked to leave. What you should say instead is, if you're going to be coming from work or if you've had a long day, um, I do offer... Um, shower facilities here and showering prior to your time with me is encouraged because you can expect me to be clean and smelling sweet for you. And I expect the same courtesy for, from you for me, an example. Um, another reason etiquette is so important is it sets boundaries. I think that's the most important part about your etiquette page is that it sets your boundaries. Um, a lot of clients think if they're paying, there is no boundary because they paid. Well, there's still boundaries. For instance, if I go to Macy's and I buy something, I can't then run through the store of Macy's knocking over mannequins, ripping up clothing just because I paid something. Um, so etiquette is important. It's boundary setting. Um, a lot of girls are scared to set their boundaries because I like to call it self-internalized misogyny, um, where other women who actually believe in misogyny have taught it to other women and made them believe it. Um, let's get out of that habit. So another thing that's good on your etiquette page is the rules of engagement for your time together. Um, I find one that's becoming more important now from things I read on Twitter is the following. It is bad etiquette to show up any more than 15 to 10 minutes prior to your appointment. And it is bad etiquette to show up absolutely more than 15 minutes late for your appointment. When I was working at that 15 minute mark, especially if I haven't heard from you, especially if you're not a regular who I might give a little bit of a pass to, at that 15 minute mark, you are most definitely canceled and you will owe me, depending on how I feel about it, <clears throat> and whether or not you at least called, 
you'll owe me the cost of the appointment, the full cost of the last appointment, plus the cost of the current appointment. And believe it or not, a lot of you are thinking guys won't pay that. They will. They did it for me. And I'm a black BBW. They will. Because it's a respect thing. Okay? Think of it like your doctor's office. Your doctor makes way more money than you do. That's why he only asks you for a $25 cancellation fee. But in this business, the amount of time we put into hair, clothing, possibly renting an in-call if you can't work from home, things of that nature, or catching the Uber over to the out-call just to have something waste your time, not cool, takes money out of your wallet. Don't let people do that to you. Um, if a person is any more than 10 to 15 minutes early, you need to have a talk with them because a lot of girls, um, you shared in calls and things of that nature. And secondly, we need time to shower and get back freshened up between appointments. So if somebody just left at 1030, but you've been sitting in the parking lot since 945, it also brings attention next to hotel staff. Notice you're sitting there or the person's neighbors, if they're working from home, notice you're sitting there. So don't do it. Please don't do it. And girls, put on your page that you would like for them not to do it because they are inconsiderate of our time. That misogyny is strong there. That that just shows how entitled some of them think they are. Um, the third one on your etiquette page, that's going to carry over to your contact form. Screening. You need to explain screening. You need to explain that it's to keep you safe and that it helps you know a little more about them so that your appointment moves more comfortably when you meet. You need to explain to them that if you feel ill at ease or nervous, that you can't enjoy yourself. So please do the screening. You also need to let them know that if they come into the meeting or when you arrive, they begin asking suspicious questions or trying to speak about the donation or compensation, whatever you want to call it, aloud, you will also leave. Um, because these are ways that undercovers, these are questions they have to get on tape to arrest you. So don't let them do it. Do not talk about money with a client. That's what you have a website for. If you don't have a website, get one. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have a website, get one. And I'm not saying it just because I'm a designer, even though, yes, I'd love it if you hired me to do one. <clears throat> but you need one so you don't have to talk about things. Now, true, I had a case many, many years ago in Northern Virginia when Big Doggy was a thing. A lot of you probably don't even remember that because I know we got a lot of baby sex workers, as we call y'all, when y'all are new. It's not about your age. It's about how long you've been in the biz. And I will say that they'll just still, um, they will also copy your ad and have it with them at the time. But what's important again is the verbiage. But we're not going to get into verbiage of ads today because we're just discussing etiquette right now. But that brings me to the next thing. You need to tell them in your etiquette section also that no explicit leading questions will be allowed. If they happen, 
you will ask the person to leave or you will collect your things and leave. Now, the way I feel about it may not be the way a lot of people feel about it, but I feel like if I line out all my etiquette and you know my rules and I come to you and you do it anyway and I took the time and the effort and such to come see you, I'm keeping half of my donation for my wasted time. And it's for my time. Make sure you always explain in your etiquette section also that donations are for time and companionship only. It is not illegal to sell time and companionship. And quite honestly, when I was working, I used to have appointments where I really did just come spend a lovely night of drinking wine, listening to opera and cooking dinner with the gentleman. And then we slept in separate bedrooms. Some of them really weren't interested in the physicality. That's a stereotype. Um, it, it just depends on your branding, how you present, and, and what you decide to offer. But ladies, don't, even on your site, when you're discussing what you do, I just had to correct someone's copy due to this. Do not be explicit. Again, if you ever do end up in a sting, you, you want to be able to go to court with your attorney and look like it truly was time and companionship. What's understood doesn't need to be stated. Always remember that. What's understood doesn't need to be stated. But let's get back to things that do need to be stated. Tell them how you want your money presented. In my opinion, there should be no hand-to-hand -hand exchange. Yes, I know you run the risk of being shorted or played with, but I'm not telling you to not look at your money prior to beginning your session. Tell them to put it in a non-sealed, so you don't have to go through all the ripping open, a non-sealed, inconspicuous envelope in a part of the room that is away from their gaze and their eye. In other words, you want to open it privately, look at it privately. That way there is no proof, no photos, no video of you ever touching it. Understand? Um, you do want to explain to them also in your etiquette section that you don't under any time want to have to ask for your donation. They knew when they came to see you that they should have that donation ready and that should not become a topic. And if it does, you will ask them to leave. Let me see if I can think of any more really, really big ones. Um, if you're a girl who has a booking assistant or a screener, please let them know your timings, such as you prefer 24 hours advance notice for bookings. You prefer two hours for advance bookings. Uh, you allow an hour. Let them know what the adequate amount of time is, in your opinion, for them to book you. So those are just some of the most common ones. I used to have such a long list of them on my personal website because I was, I was and still am an extremely uh, picky person in how people speak to me, how respectful they are of me, whether paying me or not, you're not going to disrespect me. Um, I am not literally or figuratively going to kiss your ass just because you paid me. Um, I'm going to have my boundaries and they're going to be respected. And so my list was longer, 
But those are the main ones that you want to put on your website because those are the main ones that cause the most confusion and friction when people meet their clientele. All right. So the next topic of today, of course, uh, is mental health. So quick background on my paternal, I mean, on my maternal uh, grandfather's side. Um, We've had a history of suicides. I suffered with some depression issues after I had my two sons. I have five kids, but it was particularly bad after my two sons. Didn't know what to call it then. Um, I'll be 53 for those of you this year who don't know it. And <laughs> mental um, health terminologies and such have come a long way. So I have treatments. And so has your decision in how you decide you want to treat it. Um, but bipolar and depression run a lot in my family. Um, now, looking back at my childhood, I had severe separation anxiety. Anytime my grandmother would go anywhere, I would break out in hives. I was terrified of the dark and still am. I have really bad anxiety. Um, so not knowing is bad for me. And um, I also have major um, depressive disorder. And I also have the lowest spectrum of bipolar. The medical terminology for it begins with a K. Um, but I, my mother had bipolar, like type one. My daughter has, I think, the most severe version. Whatever you can, whatever you can call it. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. <clears throat> and give me just a moment. I'm gonna stop this recording. Then I'm gonna come back in right where we were because Spotify on my computer, which is how I'm doing it, only allows me to do 30-minute increments. I usually use my phone, but I decided to do it here today. So give me just one moment. We'll just call it a water break. Go get yourself a snack real quick. All right, and we're back from the break. So like I was saying, my mom and my daughter had really serious bipolar. My daughter won't treat herself. Um, and it's her erratic behavior and sometimes angry and rage behavior that have led to she and I um, haven't probably spoken to each other because I really wanted her to get help. Um, in about, I don't know, six months, she moved in with my son and my son and I um, have been estranged from each other for two years. Now, what I will say in regard to that, because I know some of you listening are like, oh my God, that's awful. How can she not speak to our kids? When your kids are disrespectful and truly evil, and I want y'all to know, this was one of my kids that some people would have considered my favorite kid up until recently. He was that close to my heart. Um, I promise you, um, that's what broke me. What caused that, along with no longer being an active sex worker, and going into menopause are the three main things that triggered my mental, I don't want to call it a break because I've never had a like full mental breakdown, but we'll call it a mental break. It's, my kids like to say my brain broke when I found out certain things regarding my son. Um, I thought I had not the perfect, but as close as perfect as I could be given the circumstances of our lives, family, and found out it was not. But a lot of times in mental health, there's a stereotype. They think we all have it. 
they think we all suffer from some type of mental illness at the beginning. And maybe some of us do, but not the serious ones usually. Like the media and stuff want to point out. Some of them think that it drives it to us because it left us so very broken that... Um, we're victims, all of us. And so we have trauma and triggers because of it. I know that does happen to some people. So I'm not making light of that. Again, I am certified crazy on paper. I go to talk therapy and I take four different types of medications. Not making fun of anyone. But in my case, it was the complete opposite. I was much more happy much more mentally happy as a sex worker. I think because I am a person who likes to control her own destiny. I'm a person who likes to be in control. I like to know that I have a quick fix for situations, not a slow grow fix like this real world work I've been doing is. Um, and something that paid much better and I got to look pretty doing it. And so for me, leaving sex work felt like the fall from grace that people otherwise would describe becoming one as. Becoming a sex worker for me felt powerful. Um, I'll admit I was nervous the first time I met someone, but I got lucky and he was one of the nicest, gentlest people I'd ever met. And, you know, I went from being a CNA and working 16-hour shifts and never seeing my children because I was paying for a wedding at that time, just like I am now. By the way, those of you who don't know, I'm getting married May 14th of this year. Of I'm sorry, of 2023, not this year, but in a few months in Miami, Florida. Some of you I've extended invitations to already. Some of the rest of you I'll be adding to my list. Pardon that also. But I wanted you all to understand that it is okay to get online and say you are having a bad day. It is okay. And I'm moving right now with my computer. Please forgive me. It is okay to be human. It is okay to not consider ourselves super beings. We provide a super service, but we are not super beings. All of these things are like, okay. It is okay to tell your family and friends that you're having a bad day. Um, I know in the black community, for instance, they'll tell you, oh, the doctors just wanna sell you medicine. There's nothing really wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your brain. Um, you're just using it as an excuse for stuff you don't want to do. Like for me, I'm on ADA paperwork. So anyone who hires me um, afforded certain special types of things due to my illness. Um, but I needed those. I can't get through the day without them. And so, no, those aren't excuses. Now, I do agree and this is the issue I have with my daughter. I do agree with some people using it as a crutch for just evil, ugly 
enraged behavior all the time. Because if you know you have an issue and you do nothing about it to get it fixed, then at that point, at that point, it is, it is an issue. At, at that point, it's an issue. Um, I'm just keeping it 100. At that point, it is an issue and you are using it as a crutch. You use it as an excuse for negative behavior. And um, yeah, I, I don't have much respect for when people do that. Um, I know the other day, my fiance said to me, he came from work and I was off early. And uh, he said to me that I basically am sick a lot now. And I said to him, I, the meds some days I have a hard time with. I've been on them a while and my body just still has a hard time adjusting. That's not to discourage y'all from taking them though, because on the days when they work well, they work great. I feel like me again. Um, but I was kind of angered by him saying that. I didn't voice it at the time, but I was like, well, yeah, I'm sick. Um, like we've been together 13 years, by the way. He's my business partner for the web design business. He's built a lot of y'all sites, especially while I've been going through this adjusting to treatment thing and such. <clears throat> and I also have um, another chronic illness. I have rather severe IBSD. Um, which plagues me daily. Um, there are some days I don't eat just because I'm tired of my stomach hurting. So, um, yeah, I found those pills. My system didn't like the pills for that either. Uh, my body just doesn't like pills, but yet it needs it. So it's crazy. Um, but I want us to stop hiding our illness in the like in the sex work community, in the black community. I feel like it's similar to how people held, hid being gay. By the way, I'm bisexual, so I mean no harm by that statement. I hid it myself for years. By the way, by the, it's similar to how we in the Black community still are struggling with the, being able to be honest about that. And then the same with mental illness across the board, but especially with certain groups of people it's just laughed at when we say we have a mental illness and it shouldn't be um I proudly expressed on Twitter a few months ago and even showed y'all pictures of my pill bottles because I want y'all to know if I'm behind on a project it's not because I'm sitting over here twiddling my thumbs it's because I'm episodic it's because I'm going through it and unable to get it done as fast as I want which is usually when my partner steps in he is a master web designer here at a company in Atlanta. So that poor man um, works. He leaves the house for work at 530 in the morning. He gets home usually by six in the evening. And then he goes right into taking by storm assignments for me. So um, thank goodness for the partnership. Um, but my retirement, retiring from sex work when you're ready, is going to be an adjustment for you. I don't want to lie to you. I've been retired four years um, and I'm still not used to it. Um, the having to punch a clock, the having to ask for time off, the not being able to set your own schedule, the not being able to just go on vacation with your kids when you want and feel like it, 
Um, you know, me having to put in days for my wedding in the next few months is insane to me. Um, like <laughs> before I would have just been in Miami planning my wedding. Like it's, but it's, I'm in a different world now. I'm in a different situation. Um, and I work and I still don't make enough to cover all of the bills, even though I work and I work a 15 an hour, $15 an hour gig. Um, but I don't make enough without him, without the web design business, without assistant work, we'd be homeless. And for those of you who don't know my story, I've been homeless. We've never slept on the curb, but I've been homeless in the part of where we didn't have actual house. We went hotel to hotel. I had to pay for hotels for about two years before I was finally able to get on my feet and get me and my kids into stable housing. And I've been stable now for the last six years, and I intend to keep it that way. Um, my credit score is going up slowly, but it's going up. Um, and so, but it is an adjustment. My best friend um, has said the same thing. You never quite feel, it's like, I'm sure with any job. Now I get why old people, when they retire from something, they go find something else to do, even if they got a good retirement plan, because they're so used to doing what they wanted to do. This is different because now I'm not doing what I wanted to do. There is a job out there, I'm sure, that I would like, but my current one isn't one. <laughs> right now, it's just a matter of paying the bills and paying for a wedding. So I'm, I'm begrudgingly getting through it. Um, but it is an adjustment. I'm sorry. Give me this one moment. It is an adjustment that like you, people don't think happens. People think you leave and you must be leaving this business, skipping and jumping and just super happy that you left it. That ain't the case. A lot of times you're you're sad. It's a sad moment, actually, more so than it's a happy one. There's there's no happiness in leaving something, especially if even with the bad experiences, it was something that you loved at the time. And I did love it at the time. I look at old pictures and I I, I missed it. Yeah. My fiance has even told him his hottest moments of seeing me were when he saw me all made up for photo shoots. And he took a lot of those pics. So I'm sure he did get a kick out of it. But yeah, just be prepared mentally. Make your plans. Write down what you're going to do after this. Because that's what I didn't do. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had to quickly figure out what I was going to do. And then we're lastly going to begin going to end this segment today talking about sylvester so we're going to go back to some music those of you some of you i know most of you are young young you have no idea that sylvester was a musical icon a trans people icon one of the greats and i'm going to play a song and that i know you've heard as we end this show today. And even if you didn't know who sung it, now you will. I encourage you to look up Sylvester, the singer, in Google search and learn all you can about him. 
I remember seeing him as a little girl on TV. And I don't know why people act like trans people is something new. My grandfather was a landlord. We owned about 30 rental homes. And one of his uh, tenant's sons was actually a trans woman. And I don't know why people act like it's new. It's not. And maybe that's why I'm just accepting of everyone. Um, (laughs) Trans people are even welcome at my wedding, honey. I don't care who you are. Love is love. And you should live your life the way you want to live it. And you should live it happily. So we're going to go out of this thing today with this song by Sylvester. It's called You Make Me Feel. And you'll know it when you hear it. And let me see how many minutes I have before it reminds me. All right. So we'll get a little bit of it in. And then it's probably going to end. So let me get to do it real quick. know y'all have heard this song before and if you haven't then wow i'm sorry for you the disco era even though i was a little girl the disco era and 80s pop music are two of my favorite time spans of music i wish i'd have been an adult during the disco era because i'd have found a way to go to studio 54 okay trust me So I just want to end that today with that. And then I'm going to leave y'all with this thought. If you need an assistant or a web designer, hit me up. I have some really awesome specials running right now. Because remember, again, paying for a wedding. But most importantly, because we're paying for a wedding and still paying bills and rent, there's two more items that I need to get my 17-year-old daughter 
for Christmas. And I would so, so, so love some assistance with getting those things to her. I'll be posting about those on Twitter later on today. But I hope y'all enjoyed my little quick comeback episode. Um, I wanted to do an episode when that whole craziness is going on and still is going on about abortion and female rights. And I'm still going to get into that and have a couple of guests who have been asking to be on the show to talk about building um, your finances a web as a sex worker and another one about some sex positive products that she has. I just haven't had time because of how busy I've been for what seems like a whole year to sit down with them yet. But also, if any of you guys still want to be on the show, reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at SupergirlStorm. Um, and my email for the podcast is straight talk W as in William Storm at gmail.com. Take care, stay safe, and get to the bag.